Bouncing ball fielded to the 25. Oh, you got to be kidding. Oh, look at this. This is Dan Connolly, the right guard. The right guard. Still going to the four yard line. That's unbelievable. Hello there, and welcome into another week's episode of the Front Five Football Podcast. Your hosts, Audrey Malos and Colton Cull. We're going to jump in and take another look at the week that was and uh, talk about the upcoming week. Audrey, welcome in. Thank you, Colton. Great to uh, speak to you again, chat another week of NFL action. It was a, a great week for the mighty Bills fans, but I'm sure we'll get to that at some point during the show, knowing me. Barber interception. Garrett Blunt remains the back for Josh Freeman. Freeman looks, throws, that's a touchdown! Donald Penn on a tackle eligible play. All right, in our first segment, we're going to talk about the injuries and uh, start with the AFC, Audrey. What are any notable injuries in the AFC this week? Thank you, Colton. Yeah, a few to note of this week. Going to start with um, Dolphins tackle to run Armstead. He's still um, out with an injury. They're hoping for him to come back, I think, for week seven. But they're actually uh, monitoring his status at the moment and is questionable um, for the weekend. We have centre for the Chargers, Corey Lindsay. He's actually questionable at the moment for this upcoming week um, with a case of food poisoning. Not something I thought I'd see on one of our injury reports, but there it is. We have Browns guard Wyatt Teller. Um, he's out with a calf injury um, and waiting to get an MRI, so we'll look for some further updates on that to find out whether he's going to be uh, back anytime soon or, or whether that looks like he'll end up going on IR. Fingers crossed it's not that. We want him to be playing. And finally, Bill's right tackle, Spencer Brown, left the game with a foot injury. So how's it looking over in the NFC, buddy? In the NFC, have a few notables here. Uh, undefeated Eagles offensive tackle Lane Johnson, number 65. He's ruled out for the remainder of Sunday's game. And uh, due to a concussion, so he's questionable listed right now. We'll see uh, how that progresses through the week with his uh, concussion. Jumping on to the Arizona Cardinals, Justin Pugh, bad injury here. He suffered a season-ending knee injury in Sunday's loss to the Seahawks, according to Ian Rappaport. Uh, yesterday's news, it's still show him listed as questionable on ESPN. But, uh, yeah, first-round pick out of Syracuse, um, nine-year vet Justin Pugh season-ending injury, and then another team over there in the West, uh, the, the L.A. Rams, Joe Noteboom, third-round pick out of TCU, placed on the IR and with an Achilles tear. So assuming that's out for the season is what that looks like. But, um, yeah, a couple couple big out for the seasons here in the NFC. But those are my three notables for the week as we head into a Week 7 football. Oh, it's a fake! Direct snap, Boswell throws, and it is caught by Bill in the waiver for a touchdown. All right, and on to the next segment here. We're going to talk about our our, uh, our favorites, our worsts, and our honorable mentions of the week. And uh, we will start in the AFC. Audrey, what's going on in the AFC? Thank you. So I think I'm going to start with... Uh... The honourable mention this week, I'm going to kind of put together that little sandwich so you're going to get a bit of good, a bit of bad and a bit of good just to see how that works. I feel that's a nicer way to do it rather than just uh, going, oh, these suck and then giving you the two best ones. So uh, let's see how this little sandwich works. Going to start with the honourable mention, a certain team who I happen to support. Um, but there's good reason for them being mentioned this week. Um, that's the Buffalo Bills only giving up one sack. Um, and to be fair, that was a trip. Um, and we'll move swiftly on from that. 
despite the constant pressure that the Chiefs were putting on the Bills, uh, like I say, only that one sack uh, of their quarterback, uh, 454 total yards, only one penalty, um, and that's the line that um, is centred quite literally, <laughs> and the position he plays by Mitch Morse. The worst team for me this week was the Miami Dolphins, gave up five penalties for 61 yards, three of them in the first quarter, two of them in the fourth quarter, that's going to kill a team. Gave up six sacks for 33 yards. I know they ended up being down to their third string QB, but you know you really need your O-line to play well in those situations. Converted just four of 14 on third down, that's 28%. So they gained lots of yardage, but for me, just too many mistakes on that O-line. And um, There's also some O-line injuries we mentioned earlier to Ron Armstead, um, but also they have uh, a guard, Austin Jackson, who's currently out. So if they get both of those two back, then I'm sure that we'll see them uh, with more of an honourable mention, or maybe even a performance of the week later in the year. Finally, we have my uh, performance of the week. Um, and despite how bad overall this team's been playing, uh, the offensive line has been playing pretty well in my eyes uh, this week, and that's the Indianapolis Colts, giving up no sacks, only two penalties, um, 434 total yards, um, 66% on third down. If you listen to this show a lot, you'll know how much of an emphasis to put on that third down conversion because everything has to work smoothly for you to convert on third down. And that starts up front with the O-line. Got 29 first downs uh, during the game. Obviously came away with the win. Um, and that's a uh, a line that has Quinton Nelson, who is a former first round pick in 2018 out of Notre Dame. Uh, he's their left guard, number 56. And we have their center, Brian Kelly, number 78, who was also a former first round pick back in 2016 out of Alabama. I think that's enough from me. How about the NFC, sir? Very good. Thank you, Audrey. Yeah, in the NFC, I'm going to start with my, we'll get the worst of the week out of the way. Uh, this is a uh, offensive line that's coached by Adam Stenovich up there in Green Bay, and they're my worst of the week. Big loss there to the New York Jets, but they gave up four sacks for 36 yards. Uh, they had three offensive line penalties. Uh, Packers did have a turnover, um, just four of 16 on third down, one of four on fourth down. So that offensive line was not winning in the trenches against that front from the New York Jets. Uh, just 60 rushing yards and 218 passing yards from, from that, uh, that quarterback there in Green Bay, who's usually much, uh, much more productive than 218. Um, but, uh, did have a couple banged up guys a little bit throughout the game. Jake Hansen came in and played a little bit backup center, but he played a little bit of guard. And then, uh, yeah, Bakhtiari was out for a little. Royce Newman was out for a little, uh, just a, you know, five or six snaps. But yeah, not a good performance there by the Green Bay Packers against the Jets in a loss that's now put them at three and three. Moving on to my honorable mention of the week. And that is the LA Rams. And they are coached. The offensive line is coached by Kevin Carberry. And uh, as I mentioned, Joe Note, uh, Joseph Noteboom uh, is out and, and out for the season uh, with that season-ending injury. But the Rams, despite that, played well, got the win, um, just gave up one sack for four yards, had 111 yards rushing, 253 yards passing. They did have three offensive line penalties, uh, but but they were six of 12 on third down conversions, and you know 50% at third down, and, and they had. 22 first downs throughout the game, and that's a recipe for success for an offense uh, converting on third down that much. So honorable mention does go to the Rams. And my best of the week is, surprisingly, a team that lost. And uh, offensive line is coached by Joe Philbin there in Dallas. Uh, gave up no sacks, 181 yards rushing, 
zero penalties from the offensive line. Uh, they had 181 yards passing, as I mentioned, no sacks, but they did have three turnovers and their quarterback, their backup quarterback did throw three interceptions. Uh, third down, they were, they were four of 10, so they were 40% on, on, on third down, uh, but didn't have great time of possession. Dallas had the ball for 25 of the 60 minutes and offensive line though, everyone played, everyone was, was, was solid. Zach Martin, Tyler Smith, Terrence Steele, Connor McGovern. Um, there was a, uh, Jason Peters did come in at tackle for a little bit for, I think, three or four snaps, but just a solid performance by an offensive line that I think that once they get their starting quarterback, you'll see a, a difference in some of those games. But that is my best and worst and the honorable mention of the week. Yeah, it's a bold move picking a, a team that loses, but obviously because we just focused on the uh, O-line, I'm sure you've got some good reasons as to why you picked Dallas over, say, Philadelphia. That's a great point, Audrey. So Philadelphia won the game, and they had a pretty solid lead in that game. Um, they did just have one penalty, the O-line. Um, as I mentioned, Dallas had no penalties from the offensive line, but they did give up four sacks for 23 yards. Uh, they only had 136 yards rushing compared to the 181, and they only had 155 yards passing. So Dallas is, you know, from from what we look at as a offensive line, and, and on third down, 6-14. So what we look at from an offensive line standpoint, from the metrics, you know, it, you would think that Dallas controlled that game, but when you turn the ball over three times uh, from interception, it's pretty tough to uh, to win when you're given, you know, you lose the turnover battle that bad. And there was no turnovers by the Eagles, but yeah, I think from an offensive line standpoint, playing more solid, protecting the quarterback, balance attack, you know, I. No penalties. I think Dallas had a better performance this week over Philly, even though Philly's ranked higher as an offensive line. Uh, they're the, one of the top tier, only one of the few top tier offensive lines this year. Obviously, they're undefeated, but you know when you when you look at it, it's not always the uh, the case, and, and that's why I went with Dallas. And that's why there's room for us to be dissecting the O line because you don't get the full picture elsewhere, but you'll get it here. Absolutely right, Audrey. He kisses pretty well for a lineman. He has pretty good hands. All right, and on to the final segment here. We're going to talk about the upcoming games that we're looking forward to heading into another weekend of football, Week 7 NFL. And then we're going to talk a little bit about uh, some penalties and, and some information and, and uh, data that Audrey's compiled on, on the penalties thus far this season. Audrey, starting the AFC, what are your favorite uh, games you've got uh, on the calendar coming up? Thank you, Colton. Yes, so the two games I'm looking forward to this week, they're both divisional clashes, actually, so we're going to see how, how they end up. But again, sort of from an O-line perspective, it's O-lines that are generally considered up there um, in terms of both performance and the players that they have on them. And, and if we haven't talked about, talked about them enough so far, we're certainly going to talk about them more, I'm sure, between now and the end of the season. So we've got the Indianapolis Colts versus the Tennessee Titans, um, an AFC South clash there. And the Cleveland Browns versus the Baltimore Ravens um, are battling the AFC North. So both big games, both division games. Um, and again, uh, four great O-lines that I look forward to seeing in action this week. Thank you, Audrey. Yeah, two good matchups there. And in the NFC, I've, I've got two games as well. Uh, the first game is the San Francisco 49ers hosting the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, really looking forward, looking forward to see how the 49ers respond from their, their loss last week and playing, you know, the powerhouse and, uh, and seeing how that offensive line plays against, uh, the Chiefs. So that's a matchup I'm looking forward to. The other matchup is going to be, uh, really curious to see how the Green Bay Packers and Washington Commanders, uh, 
turns out. You've got Green Bay heading into Washington. That's a team on a two-game losing streak. Uh, Washington Commanders at home. Obviously, Green Bay favored there, but I, I, I'm really curious to see how, how both of those offensive lines play and if uh, a better performance by, by one of them can be, can be the difference in that game. Curious to see how Green Bay responds after a pretty awful week and, and uh, how Washington play against the, the Green Bay Packers. Pretty decent defense. On your side of things, looking at the penalties, you've got some information you want to talk about, some data that you've you pulled. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. And it's just looking at the stats in the offensive penalty category through the first six weeks of the season. Um, we've got a, a great website that we uh, that we use for that, which I, I'll make sure we uh, share the link in the show notes so that you can all go there too, but a great source of reference for our um, penalty stats. So through six weeks, there's been an average of 55 O-line penalties a week, um, and it's averaging 487 yards a week. And... If I was to say to you that out of all of those penalties, 81% of them are made up from two offensive line penalties, can you name them? The most common would be holding and false start. Absolutely spot on. Yep. So 81% of all of those penalties through the first six weeks are either a false start or a holding. So mental discipline penalties, essentially. But um, what are your thoughts on those stats, Colton? Yeah, that is, that's eye-opening. And like you said, those are mental penalties. Those are things that obviously in a game, there's a lot going on. There's a lot to think about. And, you know, younger guys, newer guys, guys are, are getting banged up, shoot, shoot guys that get concussions, you know, it can be tough to be, you know, extremely flawless and, and, uh, sharp from a mental aspect. Uh, but yeah, that, that is, uh, that's pretty surprising. Yeah, so I mean, like I say, it does definitely bring uh, focus to the, the mental discipline. You mentioned there, obviously, about a lot going on, um, because this is why people say that offensive linemen are some of the smartest players uh, on the field, not because they give up so many penalties a week, but with everything that's going on. What we're talking about there is uh, when you look at the centre, the centre is not just responsible for snapping the ball. He doesn't just need to block someone on the other side. He's also looking at the defense. He's also reading the coverage. Him and the quarterback communicating before the ball is snapped to see if they're both seeing the same coverage. If they then need to change the protection of how what they the play they called, and then if they need to adjust to how the defensive line um, and what pressures they may be facing. So this is what we mean when we say there's uh, so much going on um, on the offensive line. But it'll be interesting to see how that compares against previous years. And then also maybe after the next six weeks, do we have similar stats or are they a lot better? Yeah, I agree. That'll be really neat to to kind of compare first six weeks to second six weeks and, and see how, how those... Uh, penalties and and uh, which penalties how those numbers look you know if it stays the same or if it kind of skews one way or the other that'll be neat and that's pretty much all i had to say on that awesome well, well thank you audrey for putting that together and and definitely a good uh good talking point and we'll, we'll compare those to uh maybe week 12 week 13 and, and see how those stack up to to what's the, the next six weeks look like but that wraps up our show and another week down Looking forward to, uh, as we said, the the upcoming week and, and uh, talking more front five football next week, Audrey. Look forward to it, buddy. And in motion is Andre Johnson. Mariota play action. Goes underneath. It's caught. This is Taylor Lewan. Surprise, surprise. And look at the big fella. 